This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Cruciola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello, everybody, and welcome back, Disaster Divas to Disaster Girls. It is I, your co-host, Jordan Cruciola. And it's me, Amanda Smith. And here we are, once We're again here. in the environs. Another week, we've made it. We've got oh. more D- La Brea. We've survived at least one apocalyptic to two apocalyptic scenarios on the internet. We're here. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. can't, we simply cannot stop confronting the apocalypse, whether in fiction or in reality. True. Like the sheer quantity of potential apocalypses, apocalypse. I don't even, I don't even know what the plural. Yeah. We now need to know the plural of apocalypse. Because there are so many that we have encountered. The other day, the fact that World War III potentially starting from po- from Poland being bombed, that yeah. was like a blip relative to the other shit that was going on. Yeah, an update on that, guys. Uh, determined to be a likely accidental explosive impact due to air defense from Ukraine and uh, Russian missiles intersecting. Uh, I believe uh, Poland is kind of calling this one an unfortunate accident. So World War Three averted for now. I really appreciate. I hope that there's like one person who's listening who is waiting to get their news update on Poland yeah. and Ukraine and Russia from us, and that like that has satisfied that need of theirs. I really mm-hmm. hope someone's like, "Wow, oh, I'm so relieved. Thank you, Disaster Girls, for that update." Yeah. Well, yeah. This is a podcast of disasters. So- we cover a lot. There are stranger places to try and get that information, honestly. I mean, that's if I were because obviously this will be coming out Thursday. So like, yeah, if this were if I were a podcast that I were listening to, then, yes, that would be the breaking news for me. I just think yeah, it's, it's true. really I just love that you gave it as a, as an update. Um, yeah. News Chiron. <laughs> yeah. News Chiron. But, but we have know, updates. We do. We have so many updates. Um, So. Obviously, Twitter might be imploding. No one's really sure. It could be on the brink of collapse. Could maybe not. Who knows? Yeah. There's no more two-factor authentication. Know. We hope not, but we don't know. Yeah. As somebody who spends most of my waking hours on it with an unhealthy obsession, I don't need to live with those thoughts inside my head. I need Twitter. I need. I love Twitter. I love Twitter. I have a great time there. Mm-hmm. It is where I stay abreast of current events. Yeah. It's and the Twitter- most diverse set of voices in my entire white life. Yeah. And without Twitter, Twitter. we wouldn't have most of our guests. Certainly not Paul and Van. No, uh, the podcast economy will contract if Twitter goes down. That's that's just something we can, I think, say almost for certain. Unless you already got one going, I don't, or you're in the right Discord channel to create a new one. I don't, I don't fucking know what you do with that. Um, Yeah, no, I'm, I'm 100% pro Twitter. Yeah. And uh, I, it has been, but no matter what happens to it, if it goes down swinging at a billionaire, like the incredible population of trolls that it is, that is at least Twitter going out as Twitter lived. Yes. Twitter will have died as it lived just being in just in just difficult as hell in the best being way Being ungovernable. Yes. 
But with that in mind, uh, we have created a couple of other places that you guys can find us just on the off chance that Twitter does die. Um, neither of which I have any idea what I'm doing with. So there's no, no real content on it. But if you want to really. have them as backups, um, <laughs> yeah. like I truly don't like if I have to switch to Instagram, I'm I might I might just crawl into a hole like I, oh, I truly am not equipped for this. But well, as I, I, I noted recently, just watching people from Instagram post memes yeah. that broke two to three days ago or more on Twitter is just like, I'm sorry, this is too embarrassingly slow for me. One, one person responded to me on Twitter, perfectly, like, in 100% correct. They were like, yeah, whenever, like, whenever I log on to Instagram or, God forbid, Facebook, I feel like being on Twitter, I'm living in the future with the yeah. speed at which other people are discussing topics. Oh yeah, no, I consistently get sent things from friends on on Instagram where I'm like, yeah, I saw that four days ago. And also that's one of my friends. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Like, like the number of times been? that I've seen clap if you like me's tweets. And I'm like, right. yeah, oh, no, man. I know her. We're in a well, group chat. I've been to her house. A star. Yes. A, a top tier Twitter performer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to get back on topic for a second, just so I can get this out before I forget, guys, you can find us at Disaster Girls Pod on Instagram where we will mm -hmm. be posting probably nothing to the same shit that we've been posting on Twitter. Um, but if you want to just follow us to have a place to find us. And then also, and I have no idea what we're going to do with this. I made us a Reddit. So oh, yeah. Okay. That was, I, I don't know. I panicked and I was like, ah, it no, seems why like not, you know? Yeah. So we're our slash disaster girls. So we do actually have a Reddit now. There is nothing in it. I don't know what we're doing. I, and this is just my insane panic about Twitter, but because we have a nice little community, those are two places that we're going to at least be able to, you know, as I said on Twitter, sort of the, in the location that you meet in an emergency, it is <laughs> our abandoned, we can't meet at the abandoned hard rock cafe at the ground floor of the Beverly center. So instead mm -hmm. our locations for meetups are either Instagram under disaster girls pod or Reddit at our disaster girls. And then the other exciting thing, Jordan, because I'm just mm -hmm. going to get through all of this because yeah. we also have La Brea to get to. As you know, I have been hounding you about merch. And yeah. Merch. We guys. It's we, been a passion of yours for a very long time. I just want people to be able to wear our, our podcast. I just, I want it. I want it so bad. And we finally are going to theoretically, once we get the samples in, be launching a um, merch site. So that will be most likely launching um, the week after Thanksgiving. I will absolutely be posting about it on Disaster Girls, Disaster underscore pod, Disaster Girls pod on Instagram mm -hmm. and the Reddit um, with links and everything. But yes, that is coming just in time for the holiday season. <laughs> Not wrong. And Bailey Watro did Watcher. the new art. Yes. So uh, we have this amazing and, and new did logo. did a wonderful, wonderful job on it. Super yaki. Super Yaki, frequent collaborator, yeah. Bailey Watro. In case you, in case you know the name or you, that sounds familiar to you. Bailey, when when I gave Bailey the directions of what we were thinking, and then got back the pretty much perfect graphic, it was just like, oh, okay. You, you just can't went go into the wrong brain. with excited gators. The excited in alligators. a tsunami. Oh, I love the excited alligators. I love how dramatically you and I are posing on the letters and presenting <laughs> yeah. the disasters. I really enjoy that aspect of it too. That feels very right. Yeah. No, it's good stuff. It's um. so we've just a lot of big changes, a lot of good changes, but big changes for us here at Disaster Girls <laughs> Podcast. A lot, of, a lot of big changes, but good changes. 
Um, yes. And a lot of getting to be some big changes. We'll see if they're good changes oh my for God. our Libraeans. Oh, my. I, this was. I loved episode eight. I was super annoyed. Or no, it's six and seven. seven. It's six and seven. Yeah. I loved episode six. Episode seven was annoying because mm-hmm. it started. The show finally started fulfilling so many of the terrible ships that yeah. it has been sowing seeds for all this time. And I am happy about precisely fucking none of them. No. I'm rooting for none of these couples. I I like Gavin and Eve. I do like Gavin and Eve. Um I don't hate Levi and Eve. Those are the those that's the only gr- set of people I root for in any meaningful way in the even possible relationships they have set up in this show. Um otherwise though, shitty kid Josh and Riley, no. no. Ty and the Para? head of yeah, Ty and Para, she can do better. No, um, the criminal, no. the hair Veronica dealer, and and Veronica. What's no. his name? Still, I still Luke. don't. Lucas, 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 yeah. and Veronica. Absolutely not. Like God, just no. nose across the board, and we got each one of them kind of like sealing a deal in some way in seven, and I was like, oh fuck like mm-hmm. i enjoyed the action that was going on around it for the most part but it was just like can i just erase this episode so i don't have to be sure any of these people are together yeah Terrible. i so in I, likewise in episode six when riley and josh have their little side quest to so at they have they're with uh gavin's mom backslash josh's grandmother in 1988 and she's been siphoning power off of a nearby skating rink so, and the power drops, so they have to go, Josh and Riley, for plot reasons, have to go to the rink to replace all the circuits. And then they have this little, like, And Josh, absol- of course, has to be like, hey, I know we're doing important things, but let's fuck around for a while. It's yeah. Like, Josh, no. Yeah, Josh is immediately just like, but what if we uh, had a little bit of fun on the side? Oh and God. get some hot, and they have, like, a whole little hockey rink ice skating montage. I straight up fast forwarded through. I was like, I don't need it. I don't care. This no, is- I went to boil more water for my tea. Yeah, life is too valuable and too short for me to waste with this moment because no. I will never root for these two. I'm sorry. No. Like, Josh sucks. Josh, Josh sucks. sucks. Also, Josh is weirdly, all of his dialogue is written weirdly like he's a man in his 30s. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not wrong. When like, so at the end of the episode, um, Josh and Riley are sitting on, They Riley has realized that she can communicate with her father in the future by telling yeah. her dad something in in 1988. Yeah, her stoner, shitty, semi-womanizing father. Her dad is so, I want an entire, I, which what I enjoyed was that I could completely see in that, why they cast that specific actor. Yeah. And then also I really appreciated how his dialogue was very much the same as his, as his adult dialogue, but just said, without being stoned and suddenly it just sounds aggressive and so it like still translates right sure so riley has told her dad that she will meet him in 1988 if they can get into the portal in 1988 at the santa monica boardwalk and they're sitting there waiting for their parents and he says josh says and i quote a sunset a good looking woman 
Oh my some food over there. Oh and I'm my like, why God. are you written like the cheesiest 30 year old man I've ever met? Yeah, like, like a good looking woman. A good looking woman. No, seven. He is 17 in this show. Oh maybe 18. Because yeah, again, like, he, remember, he's he younger, applying, younger, older than Izzy. Older than Izzy. Older Izzy than is Izzy. 16. And Josh is 17 or 18 because he's applying to college. And he's right. a year behind Riley. And right. Yeah. And if he's a year behind Riley, too, like a woman riley's maybe 19 riley's a child all three of these people are fucking children yeah I, but it's just everything about josh's dialogue all the time sounds like it's coming from an just a fully adult man who's been maybe divorced once like <laughs> yeah. oh yeah definitely it's, none of it is organic none of it is from a six from a 16 to 18 year old I, I don't care ultimately because i don't think it would matter if he did have more organic dialogue because no. he's still josh and he still sucks um, meanwhile, Izzy has the most like Izzy is such a fucking teen. Yeah. I continually love this the stupid shit she does because it's so teenager. Yeah. Like I love, I love in the in, in one of the two episodes, you know, it all runs together. Um, when she's like, she's gonna confront Levi a little bit. It's yeah. like, listen, my mom and dad are finally in the same place. And she goes up to him and she's like, because he gets taken, he gets taken to the tower, guys, he meets his dad, boom, surprise. Um, and he learns, which we'll get back to in a moment, he's from, what is it, 2074? Yeah, Gavin is from 2074, 2076. It's yeah, he's somewhere not super far in the future. Yeah. 2076. Gavin's family is originated in 2076. The world is dying because its resources are be gone and so they were like how do we fix this we need resources scientific collective builds portal to go back in time to strip mine 10,000 bc of its natural resources um to either send them back to 2070 something or to basically start all over again in 10,000 bc when we, the world is just pure raw materials right. because the future is doomed and so yeah when like he gets taken to the tower right as they're all back together again. Oh my God, they're separated again. It's like, holy shit. Um, we got to go get Gavin. And and so Izzy does like an aside with Levi. She's like, can I talk to you for a second? He's like, sure. And she's like, did you see the look on my mom's face when my dad got taken? And he was like, yeah, she looked really scared. And she was like, yeah, she looked like someone who still loves him. I was like, I don't know if that's what that look communicated. No. Izzy, that's a lot of projection. Like, I'm not saying it's not, but I'm definitely not going to pinpoint it specifically to that. And also, you are a child. So the idea of her being able to have equally intense feelings for both of these men that just fulfill different things for her you yeah. can't understand that you, you're not working on that level so of course you're just like listen um that proved that my mom still loves my dad which means you guys are over and he needs time to like we need to repair our family it was like you're such a teen izzy i love this it was such a teen assessment i also had pulled that line out specifically because i was like that's such a teenager response i think oh, God, the difference yeah. between josh and izzy in terms of believability, because neither of them have dialogue that ever feels like, I mean, they don't sound like teenagers, but Izzy feels like a teenager because yes. unlike Josh, Izzy is deeply earnest. <laughs> yes, so that, much. She's so earnest. And that earnestness Josh is, is kind always of- always smirking. Yeah. And that's the difference. Because like, 
you can be a not earnest teenager, but there's an earnestness, mm-hmm. like there is still a lack of worldliness that le- lends itself to that sort of earnestness of believing that like, you, my, you know, my mom was afraid for my dad because she still loves him and yeah. you don't have a place anymore versus like, there's just, I think that is the sort of thing where I could definitely see a teenager being there versus Josh, who there's always an undercurrent of cynicism and aggression. Yeah. And like, there's always a, well, you just proved yourself wrong and me right to everything <laughs> yeah. he says and does. But yeah, but like, and like, as as we're saying, but not in a way that feels like a teenager. Right. Not in no, that like it, raw, potent, just like teen energy way, which is just, Izzy feels freshly hatched. Yes. Izzy feels really like, like when she says these things, it's because it's like, I don't know shit, but I also think I know a lot of shit. And Josh, Josh is just like, he's like an annoying fucking reply guy. Yeah. He's like an annoying millennial aged reply guy. You're like, can you just get the fuck out of here, man? Like I didn't, I wasn't asking you. I just said, I like this thing. I was not requesting feedback because Josh would give you fucking feedback. Josh has an opinion. And and unfortunately, neither of us want to hear it. Um, and unfortunately, we weren't able to just leave him in 1988, which is the the outcome oh. I would have liked. But no, no, we didn't. This this, this two episode stretch though it 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 it, give, it delivers a series highlight. Absolutely, I mean, this is like what we were talking about last time with like La Brea feels like it's reading its message boards in season two. Yeah, where <laughs> we're in the camp. All of our stars. Oh my are god, gone. that was so. I and I was gonna gonna try and make a gif out of it because it's so good. Fucking curly haired guy, which we find out. But he has like, a which name. yes, we. Well, but like, yes, curly haired guy is in front of everybody. He's like, listen, I know you're all wondering where all of the most capable people in the camp are. Like, you literally, <laughs> all of it. the most capable people yeah. are gone. And then like says stuff, says stuff, says stuff, and he's like, I should be the leader. And then he's like. And in case you are wondering, my name's Judah. <laughs> it was so great. And a home run. Like, this is why I need Librea to keep going. This is why I needed to get more seasons. Yeah. Because these writers clearly have a sense of humor about stuff that's going on in this show. Like, yeah. it is. And they, like, they have continued to ramp him up little by little with how explicitly he has made himself the Hurley like the fourth wall breaking character. Yeah. So they finally just like, listen, I know you're all worried that all the most capable people in the camp are gone. <laughs> it was so great. When he said it that really I had to like, pause wait, it and rewind it like three times because how, I really thought I was having a anybody stroke. here surviving without all of our protagonists gone. They're the only people They're the only ones who capable. provide for and take care of anyone in this show as we learned from these episodes when you don't have the main characters in the show that means that you end up stuck with veronica scott and <laughs> lucas as yeah. the people who are running around in 10,000 bc and you guys no good comes of that no nothing really, good comes from that trio of just ineptitude like scott is scott is a nice guy and that needs to be enough for scott because like he does come through as a supportive figure but anytime he tries to take a big swing yeah. to, like, game the system and, like, be a sort of hero, he fucks up. He actively makes situations yeah. worse. It's like, you know what, Scott? A thing you're right about, about yourself, 
is that you're not a main character. You are a supporting actor. Yeah. And you should just be the best support you can be and stop making strategic decisions. You are smart. You can make great, like, knowledge calculation decisions. You can be like, oh, I, I, I figured out this thing and I learned this thing. And, like, you're, you're cool. But, like, if, from a tactical standpoint, stop Stop making decisions from a tactical, from a, a reading human behavior standpoint. Yeah. This he man, absolutely no savvy whatsoever. He, that's the thing that the, about Scott that keeps getting me where I'm like, okay, I get it. I get that you're trying, you're making an effort, but every, you know, have you ever seen that gif of, um, sideshow Bob walking into a bunch of rakes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is Scott interacting with any situation where he thinks he has leverage. Yep. Any one of them. He has never, because this has consistently happened on the show that he consistently thinks he has leverage in a situation. mm -hmm. Remember when he and Lucas last season were in like, like he and Lucas were in, were investigating the the fort and then like he, Lucas needed his help and he's like, and then he almost didn't. And and then they both got caught because he was spending so much time stalling, trying to figure things out. Yep. Yeah. No, he is. Oh, it was when he was he they both wound up tied up and then Lucas had a lighter and he untied himself and then he wasn't going to untie Lucas. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. And then he still like wound up being completely just puppy puppy dog shocked that these things don't work out for him. These things don't work out for him. And he needs to stop trying. It's what I love. What I love about it in the La Brea sense is that Characters are like this all the time. Characters do not learn from their mistakes. No. Which does make them, for the most part, phenomenally consistent. Like, the way Scott acts all the time is like, that's so Scott. The way Josh is all the time, pure Josh. Nobody's ever doing something really where you're like, Izzy would never. No. No. Everyone's pretty much doing exactly what their character has always and would always do. Yeah. So at least they're not just like inventing shit out of whole cloth for these people to suddenly be that makes no sense with who they've written so far in the show. The characters are tremendously consistent. It's just that some of them are not people you want to be stuck in 10,000 BC with. Yeah. And that is Silas, I think, a- same guy all the time. <laughs> okay, everything. Silas, this was the, uh, so episode six was the episode where Silas went from being scary to me to like, or intimidating to just being fucking hilarious. Because the thing that's so funny to me about Silas is that when, so he's running around the tower, they spot yeah. him on the, the, the tower people spot him on the security cameras and one of them's like, oh, nothing good is happening when Silas is around. And I, yeah. And I think it's just a really funny idea that oh this man God. got fired from his job, started dressing in furs and yeah. just menacing. The, like, imagine if after I got fired from Fox, I just started wearing fur robes and running around with a pike spear. Running around <laughs> and nobody's like, nobody's going to like try and stop you as long as you don't try and get in the building. Like, yeah. they're just like, oh, it's Amanda. Like, yeah. keep an uh, eye on her, but nothing whatever. good. She's going to, she's just gonna take one of the guards hostage again it'll be fine we should, yeah we can negotiate for some fries and she'll probably let him go it, like, it is just it's incredible and i i i love that like like it, along the lines of like nobody listens like at, people get these precious babies in la brea they get lied to constantly mm-hmm. and i don't know their enduring faith in the human spirit and trustworthiness 
every time everyone's shocked that's like what do you mean maybe silas wasn't truthful with us on that one it's like they'll look at him and be like you're always dishonest silas and then he'll be like not this time and they're like you're right <laughs> and then he's lied to them again and they're like i can't believe you and it's like i don't know it feels like you're walking into a trap at this point like it is <laughs> just like i love how quick because the speed of la brea how quickly people's lies are exposed in the show like when gavin's gavin has been told that the portal in the tower goes to 1988 and he meets his father who he's been informed is a dangerous man who clearly like he doesn't know the reality of his own existence like this this is you've just met this man and gavin doesn't trust him theoretically but his dad is like Gavin's like, I need to go through that portal because that's where Josh is. So I'm going to go to 1988. And he's like, that doesn't go to 1988. And he's like, yes, it does. I was told it does. And he's like, no, it goes to 2076. He's like, no, you're lying. He's like, no, it goes. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know who lied to you. Like, but it goes to 2076. If you go there, you're just going to go to the future future. Within the same episode, they're like, they've they've broken back into 10,000 BC tower they're going to go at this point. Our hero squad is like we have a virus created by Evan's mom in 1988 that we're going to bring back to the tower in 10,000 B.C. And we're going to crash the system, creating the portals so no more of them can appear It of increasing frequency and magnitude that will eventually surely just swallow up the entire world in a sinkhole. It'll be a world size sinkhole, I think. He gets back and they find out that they he's like. He re- Evan realizes that that portal is 1988. He looks at his dad and he's like, you lied to me. And his <laughs> oh dad's like, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, it's, I thought I would lose you again. Just it. And then, but the, and then Gavin's like, well, thank you for telling me the truth now. And it's like, what, yeah, what do you mean? There it is. What, what makes you think that he's telling you the truth? That man has a very suspicious goatee. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is, this they is. They have not picked, it's not like they picked an actor and cast and were like, can you play him super straightforward, like a normal just regular guy no he from okay so they get they get to the they take their magic rock to the tower oh that's right and the rocks you guys the black rocks they have uranium in them they have uranium and that's how they're a power source so (laughs) eve made a uranium bomb when she fired (laughs) a rock grenade arrow into a bonfire at the campsite to scare off the wolves that was a uranium grenade okay so she yeah that, everyone's okay that's gonna be fine and that's it's totally be fine. fine that all the these people are just is fine there's nothing uranium. residual anywhere no one none of the people who are enslaved trying to get uranium for the tower are gonna have any problems no it's those mines fine. yeah everybody's safe inside You're, you should definitely just breathe in uranium dust that's yeah. a thing one should do <laughs> yeah um yeah so they they've brought and then like they brought them to the tower and then of course they got found out and because they get we have to mention that was they get found out another great La Brea thing is that every almost every time a plan fails oh like, yeah they have like a plan there's always a diversion and then they like they like they like get they get seen they run for like a second and then they just put their hands up and they're like oh no and yeah. then the next if adventure has to happen where people have to be rescued. Yeah, that's pretty, love... that's pretty consistent theme on this show. And because, again, the speed of La Brea, mm-hmm. the speed between we have a plan and getting captured, it's got to be two minutes. It's I mean, got to happen like the, that. The best example of that is the start of episode seven, where everyone, so, okay, Riley, Josh, um, 
the pa- all of the parents, yeah, Levi, they're all re- everyone's reunited. The families are as together as possible in 1988, and Riley and, and then Gavin's mom has been kidnapped by the Lazarus Project, the Tower yes. people. Yes, but she has left behind a some sort of device, mm-hmm. and all of the you know, and, and Levi and all the guys figure out that it's a tracker. And if we get closer to where her location is, it'll mm-hmm. beep more. And they come up with the plan of we're going to steal Dr. Dad's father's car because he's yeah. out of town this weekend. On his, and then on his gonna, like annual or regular fishing annual trip with fishing his military trip. buddies. And so we're going to steal Dr. Dad's father's car and then go to somewhere probably downtown, which is where it seems to be. And we're going to get her out. Yeah. We go from them establishing the plan to they are at the site. Yep. They have rescued her within two minutes. This all unfolds before the teaser ends. The teaser ends with Levi then deciding to go running off and get himself shot because he's having issues with the whole Gavin um, Eve situation. And so he runs off and gets shot by some guards and he lives. He's fine. Yeah. I actually had to like stop for a second because I was watching it today and I was like wait did I miss did it skip oh no we just yada yada the entirety of most this would be an entire episode on any other show oh oh god yeah finding and extracting and saving her but we don't have time for that shit so instead we're just going to go from Santa Monica we're just going to assume they found the the abandoned warehouse downtown yep they you know managed to hotwire dad's 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 car yeah doesn't matter. We don't got time for that shit. This is La Brea. We yeah, got, it's La Brea. We're moving fast. You better keep up. Yeah. And and it is. And of course, like Levi gets because he's so distracted thinking about Eve. He goes off. He makes a rash decision. He gets shot. We don't even see. We just hear gut. We just hear a gunshot. We don't see him yeah. get shot. And he runs out having been shot. And then fortunately, dad's like, oh, looks like it was straight through. And you're like, yeah, of yeah. course it was. Because that's it's like, not a dire wolf attack. What do you think? Come on. Yeah. No, he'll be fine. He'll be up and running. And then like. I love because Izzy knows now about Levi that she's like constantly side eyeing her mom if Levi's within like six feet of her. So like Levi has been shot and first hero squad Harris family has to go get mom has to get grandma (laughs) too because they need to get her so they can get her back to her house so she can finish her virus and Eve like runs up to Levi and like grabs his hand because he's getting stitched up and she's like, we got to go. You're, you know, you're going to be okay. And he's Mm -hmm. like, I'm in good hands. Like, yeah, you should go. And she's not like torn. She's just, she's just being, she's just like, this is somebody she cares for. And she's just like, hey. Response to a person that you have not even feelings for, but that you have in your life. Yeah. And, And Izzy's just like hard staring at her. It's like, Izzy, he's been shot. And yeah. he's basically your uncle. And I get that it's weird now because you know too much. But this is not your mom being a whore right now. Like, <laughs> this is her, in fact, just being being a good person. Yeah. It's it's going to be okay. But Izzy has no has no space for that. But No. And she shouldn't because she's a no. teenager. Yeah, it's fine. She doesn't. Sh- this is this is fine. And I don't I, again, have never. Izzy is perfect and can do no wrong. So yeah. <laughs> No, no qualms here. But uh, going back to the Speed of La Brea thing, the fact that like, so Gavin gets taken in, he meets this man pulling a bandage off of his own. He pulls a bandage off of his own neck that he's probably been implanted with some sort of a tracker. Like that's got a very, it's got a very distinct dot formation that seems like a tracker. 
And then this man starts having that sort of a, it was like every menacing, enigmatic billionaire character or yeah. genius character. Like, you know what this man sounded like. The only thing you don't know about how he looked is that you wouldn't have expected the gray goatee. Yeah. But there is nothing about this man that suggests that Gavin should in any way, shape, or form trust a single word he says. No, absolutely including not. Including when you find out that he's <clears throat> his father. Maybe like especially. Yeah, particularly when you find out it's your dad. Yeah. It was just, and and then the father continues to then take him on a tour of the of the tower to give him all those special moments they had. You don't remember <laughs> yeah. this, do you? And it's like this weird eco-habitat situation where they've got tigers and holding pens. And apparently Gavin used to play hide and seek in there, but has no memory. It's like, yeah, because you last said that you saw him when he was a small child. Yeah, so small. Yeah, he actually described him as an infant, which then they we find out that he was actually three. And I just think that's an issue. <laughs> I think that's just an issue of the writers not knowing what an infant is. I don't think that's... Could be. Yeah, I don't think that's like a... Because I had a brief moment. I was like, oh, is he lying? Because he said he last saw him as an infant. But then he's talking about playing hide and seek. And infants can't do that unless it's like <laughs> literally peekaboo because they have no object permanence. But <laughs> then I realized that, no, this is just maybe a situation where like the writers don't necessarily know how old a toddler is versus an infant. Um, but it was, yeah, the Gavin not understanding when people are not being honest with him is maybe the most consistent character trait yeah. we have ever seen from him. And it is really, it is a thing that I, a thing that La Brea is now pushing more and more because the family's all together. Yeah. That I don't like is this like, Hey, we should all just say sorry to dad and hate ourselves for not believing him because we were so wrong and his visions were real. And it's like, no, 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 maybe. Right. Yeah. Like I, there are some reconciliation needs to be done. Just like I could have supported you more and I'm sorry, but I have some work to do before I can forgive you for becoming an alcoholic and, yeah. and disappearing on our family. Like, there, this I this like Izzy going up to Josh in 1988 and him being like, I just was so wrong. I feel so horrible. Like I didn't believe Dad. And she's like, It's okay. Just go tell him you're sorry. It's like no, 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 no. Like yes, part of the healing, okay, but also bigger conversation. Like, and this I think this touches too on this kind of I think it, it plays into sort of speed of La Brea, Veronica. And Lucas, yeah. because we're supposed to believe they have any chemistry. She, he's like, he's been hit by whatever that thing is that gets, they, yeah, gives it's you like, like a pre, it's a, it's a cattle prod from the future, essentially, that somehow does right. things. And it like basically covers your body in, in like those, like, what is it? Lichten, not Lichtenstein, but like that, it yeah, looks like that pattern Lichtenberg marking marks. from when, yeah. yeah, that looks like if you get struck by lightning, except it's across your entire body. And we've already seen somebody in the show die from it. So he's suffering from that and he's like going to die. And that involved that gets involved with the tie and he's going to fight his girlfriend's ex. Yeah. Uh, the big warrior man. Comet. So that they Tomet can get the, is like, so can get like, the cure because yeah, Tomet like, knows the cure. Exactly. If I give you the cure for your friend, you should let me go. It's all a bunch of bullshit. But like, so Lucas is dying and Veronica's like, you know, my mom, she, first of all, First of all, she's like, you know, I've seen people low, laid low like you are right now and they've pulled through. So why shouldn't you? It's like, 
this isn't a spiritual crisis, Veronica. This is a medical crisis. Like, yeah. this isn't a think positive situation. Yeah, you she, can't. You can just mind secret over your way out yeah. of it. You're not going to mind over matter cancer out of your body, much like he's not going to just like look on the bright side and this thing will stop killing him. That is a medical emergency. And then she's like, listen, my mom was an addict. And when she would get clean, this was clearly a repeated process. She would do this ritual where she would write down like basically all the things she hated about herself and her regrets. And then she would burn them. And Veronica's like, and my mom said like, If you just, you know, if you name the things that you don't like about yourself, then like you take their power over you. And like if you burn them like that, then you can like burn them out of who you are. And it's like, like, okay, I I like that as I I see that as a ritual for like, here's going to be the physical indication of this work that I'm now going to do to like therapeutically get through these issues and get control of certain things. But like, no, Veronica. You can't just burn a piece of paper and the things that you are go away. And no, you you then have to put work into it. You have to then do the work behind it. Yeah, exactly. And with this and with Evan, it's both things like, hey, guys, let's just skip over any work that anyone. Yeah, Gavin, let's just skip over any work that anyone might have to do to become meaningfully better in a sustainable way and just be like, no, as long as you just say sorry for the, you know, the part that was that you played and you just like wish away those things about yourself that aren't so altruistic and positive, then clean slate, all's forgiven, Catholic absolution. It's like, guys, you don't do that. Like, don't introduce this at all if you're going to make the solution to these severe interpersonal issues, just like throwing a piece of paper in a fire. That's not fucking poetic. I did like that when Gavin does get conf- like because it happens pretty consistently. Like it happened with um, initially when um, Izzy was like, "Dad, your visions were real. I didn't believe you." It's pretty consistent that Gavin does say every time, "There's no way you could have known." Yes, it's like I don't blame you for not believing me because and Gavin handles this well. Gavin handles it really well because there is no on the in the long list of things that Dad's visions could possibly be. Memories from his time in 10,000 <laughs> BC, Los Angeles, after mom falls into a sinkhole in the yeah. same area. That is not a thing that that's not a thing that's no, going to happen. That's never going to be that's even not an list. option on the multiple choice test. Right. So, like, it's understandable that you wouldn't necessarily believe him under those circumstances. So I do appreciate that, like, Gavin very reasonably never once. And this is why Gavin does consistently. He is consistently even though he is the least incredulous person ever. Yeah. He is consistently a really likable main character. He is. He's very likable. I'm so like Gavin. I, I root for him because of the fact yeah. that I'm like, you know what? This is a man who at his core, like this is a character who at his core is a really good, sweet, trying to do the right thing character. And I appreciate that. There is no resentment. There is no. No. He doesn't even resent. He doesn't even resent Eve for having an affair with his best friend. No. He's like, no, you know what? We're going to move on from that. Because yeah. my maybe it's because he personally moves the speed of La Brea. I don't yeah. know, but it doesn't matter. I appreciate that about him. Lucas, his whole thing was I maybe I don't deserve to live because we finally got it brought back around, guys. Yeah. I was a heroin dealer. Yeah. Um. But the <laughs> Veronica was like, listen, I've done bad things too. And it's like, yeah, it's oh, like, you mean being complicit in child trafficking? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, like <laughs> this is when we talk about these two characters with these broad strokes of like bad things. I've done bad things, and bad yeah. people can turn it around. Like, well, let's put a let's put a, a name on what those bad <laughs> things are, guys, because one sure. of you has been dealing a very very bad drug, um, in conjunction with his father. Yeah, yeah. Like, and apparently was moving a large, not just was a little like a low key dealer, moving large amounts of heroin. That was a duffel bag full yeah, of heroin. A lot of heroin. And then was threatening to kill Scott over it. Yeah. Like this isn't even, and this isn't even like, oh, that was something that he did a long time ago. Still two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Episode seven. Two weeks, everybody. Two, two and a half weeks. Like let's, let's generously give them three weeks. Yeah. It's been (laughs) honestly like, it's been maybe three weeks. You were two and a half weeks ago threatening to kill someone because he, you couldn't find your heroin. Um, So I feel like when, you know, the show and the show very clearly wants us to move on from it. Although I did have a brief moment when Scott, did you also, when Scott, oh, wait, so they're in, they've brought Lucas to the village. Um, they're waiting for this, you know, for their, their Lucas is, is going to be cured potentially by Tomet, but they're waiting for that to happen. And Veronica is fussing over Lucas and Scott's there. And then Scott's like, I have an idea. I'll be right back. Yeah. And I had this brief moment. I was like, oh my God they're going to bring back the heroin. It's going to be the heroin. And I got so excited. I have never in my I life been sure so excited. I was sure the heroin was going to come back in some way when he was in a medical emergency. I was so hoping. I have never hoped before that in this way <laughs> that there would be heroin brought into any context, particularly a plot of anything I was watching. And I was so excited that we were finally going to get the heroin back. But no, it was just Scott making a shitty deal with Tomet. Um, so I but think I do love how it almost like because it's this show yeah. when Scott's like, I'll be right back. And then he just leaves. And then mm-hmm. we see him ringside at the fight between Tomat and Ty. And you're like, for a second, you're like, why did you leave, though? Wait, yeah. you didn't do anything. And it would have been so possible for that to have been the case. We again, yes, learn later that he made a side deal with Tomat. I love when he's like, because like Tomat is restrained. We learn when Scott goes to him later on, Tom, it's like, you, you agreed that like, if I threw the fight, um, he'd let him go. He'd let, yeah. If I threw the fight, you would let me go at the end of this. And Scott's like, yeah, but you didn't throw the fight. You lost fair and square to tie. And it's like, Scott. Again, every no, single person didn't. is so, so, no, so you, gullible. In the this show. is a, this is a furious trained killer who has turned his back on his family and his community to go be a mercenary mining killer for a shadowy corporate organization and you think fucking Ty who can't even negotiate successfully beat him in hand-to-hand combat Ty, who was not planning yourself, who was not planning to actually beat this man physically. His game plan the whole time was to beat him psychologically. That was it. He went into this whole fight. Don't bring a, you know, he brought a knife to a gunfight. I'm a therapist. Don't forget. Yeah. He fully tells Para with absolute confidence because obviously Tomet's like, they capture Tomet and then they're like, you know, we're going to you're going to serve justice. And he's like, well, I demand my right to trial by combat. And in general, trial by combat is not necessarily a great way to run anything, particularly a fairly peaceful group of people. Yeah, it's pretty peaceful. Um, 
But on top of that, trial by combat is particularly ineffective if the person who is declaring their trial by combat gets to pick the person they're fighting against. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> that a real, not as a far great as like, system. I accept. And then he's like, no, not you, him. And he points at Ty and no one's like, you can't do that. They're like, oh no. Yeah. Like, <laughs> wait, and he can just, there's no caveat here. He can you just can do just that? You can just pick the dude. Sure. And then it's Ty- like, okay, I'll fight that kid. Like, that was what immediately sure. I was like, great. I would fight a toddler. Like, I don't care. Yeah, like, what? I'm not going to kill it. Yeah, but I will knock him down and be like, or do you give up or you do I need to cut your throat? Yeah. And that kid's going to start to cry and be like, don't kill me and quit. Yeah, that's we figured it out. We game the system. We can win trial by combat in Paris Village now. Congratulations. Yeah, in Paris us. Village. It was Surely yeah. the trial by combat rules of a bunch of pacifists who didn't think this through. They, there was just no game plan there. And, you know, this is on top of after Ty has flexed his dick. By Tom, it's been captured. They're back at like Tom gets captured, and then immediately Ty like has a sensual hand moment with Cara, oh my god, right in front of Tom. It just specifically, and I was like, oh, that's who you are. Interesting. Um, so then when Tom turns around, is like, I demand trial by combat, and Ty reveals during the fight that you know I'm with Para, and it's like, yeah, no, sh- why did you think that he picked? you yeah like Ty, like, was this a surprise you, you were not randomly assigned no. to this combat he specifically chose you because you seem easy to beat and you're having sex with his current or potentially ex-wife yeah, yeah. who he definitely i when when par is like par is trying to tell ty because ty's like i accept trial by combat mm-hmm. and par is like no you don't yeah put him back in the jail like no you don't he's going to kill you and then it's like it builds up to this moment where Para's like, and I think he's still in love with me. And Ty like looks hurt. Shocked. And it's like, Ty. Why did you think he chose you, Ty? Ty, are you fucking serious right now? And with yeah. how how quickly this show moves, it could be that Tommen was in the village with her. Tommen was in the village with her four weeks ago. Yeah. Well, she's ready. This so could the be end of episode very seven, fresh divorce. This could be extremely fresh. Because at the end of episode seven, Ty asks her to marry him. And she says yes. And they, again, less than three weeks. Because well, they don't even meet until episode five, which is yeah. five days in. So this has been two and a half weeks. I, I have dated men for six months. And they won't say that they're in an exclusive relationship <laughs> right. with me. Yeah. And meanwhile, Ty is proposing marriage. Marriage in 10,000 BC. What does that mean? <laughs> what does it mean? What it's does that not going to affect Ty? your fucking taxes. Like, yeah, it's not going to. You're not, not, gonna you're not health getting health insurance. Yeah, you're not getting like securing your rights to visit your loved one in a hospital. What the fuck are you talking about? It's such a, but I, I mean, like, I'm, I guess, mazel tov to them. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah, know. I, I, can't, I can't even criticize it ultimately. Because I'm just like, why though? And I know that it's supposed to be like a romantic heart swelling moment, but again, they have seriously misjudged how much, how much I am shipping any of these characters, any, but particularly Ty and Para, because I just, I'm like, why Para? You can do so much better. And it, he, the way too, that he's like, you know, I didn't, he's like talking about like my illness, like this illness that I have, yeah. like it, it took everything. It's like, it tore, it like ripped apart my I lost my practice. I lost my loved ones. I, he's like, I lost everything because of this. And it was kind of like, wait, why? Like, I understand if perhaps you had to go on medical disability and you were no longer able to therapeutically treat your your clients like that, mm-hmm. your patients, I get that. But like, why'd you lose your family? Well, like, and we learned- No, in, you in already explained, or, yeah. Ty. You yeah. already fucking explained, Ty, that you lost your wife because you, ne- you prioritized 
everyone over her. What do you, okay. The illness comes up when it's just convenient for you to slough off all accountability onto the illness. Because you told us a couple episodes ago that you were a no-count asshole who didn't show up for your wife when she needed you because you have this duty of martyrdom to every other fucking person you meet. No, Ty. No, Ty. That's why you're not married anymore. Right. And Liar. that's ultimately the Ty problem is that, like, he manages to... He, ha- he, he has, you know mom wasting disease but yes yes unfortunately he he has managed to make himself a martyr in that too that that my illness took everything from me and it's like well that's some personal decision making that (laughs) we've seen over and over again that you don't have the best of but yeah like oh yeah like his illness took everything from him in the way that everyone was just mean to gavin and that was the problem in his marriage to eve and his parenting to his children like no 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 there was other stuff there yeah and there were these things compounded significant problems. Yes. And so, yeah, no, I'm I'm not rooting for Ty to inevitably drag Para into some sort of like 10,000 BC marriage counseling. I also I think that I think that this show thinks this show is acting like we're more we're attached to all of these characters. Yes. When like I was like maybe Lucas will die. Like we don't, that's, that is another character in this ever growing ensemble that like, it's already fractured enough. Maybe Lucas can just die. Yeah. And like Ty, how long are they going to stretch this illness out? I feel like we can lose Ty. Like we, it, it's like, no guys, we can start losing some. Like yeah, we, we can, can churn. We can, we can do that. And, and Hey, you know, at the end of seven, that, that was unexpected. I was, I not was sincerely unexpected. Yeah. They're they're at the I love first of all oh my god <clears throat> that we go to the Hollywood sinkhole in 1988 and we get like we get there and like we see the wide shot of the Hollywood sinkhole squarely on the hill squarely mm-hmm. on the fucking mountain that is the Hollywood Hills and then they get up to the sinkhole and because I'm pretty sure this was filmed in Australia they yes. are suddenly on a vast flat plain yes they are on a wide like there are three guards just like shuffling around holding guns presumably to prevent our heroes from jumping in and getting back to 10,000 BC so mm-hmm. grandma can upload the virus into the tower computer and collapse all the singles forever and save the world but keep in they, mind that we'll trap them all in anybody who jumps yes. down is going to be trapped in 10,000 BC because there will be no more sinkholes or yeah she's trying I to get wanna... rid of this whole thing about like done loose yeah. ends tied up no more sinkholes forever you are the timeline you are in no yeah. no take backs and I just want to point out what they call these sinkholes now, auroras, which, Jordan, what did I, when they first saw the posters, and I was like, I wonder if they're falling, like, if they're falling into Middle Earth, mm. because the hollow Earth theory, they, they thought that the auroras were generated from hollow Earth. That really? Was specifically, yes. That was specifically what, oh, what I come thought. On. I was like, I wonder if those are auroras that you experience in hollow Earth, just like we see in the Godzilla movies. Do you think they pulled from, they had to have pulled from, that's so specific. That I don't, had to have been like, well, guys, I we're not like, going to do a hollow earth thing, but like there is this kind of cool thing. Yeah. So I do kind of, th- I was like, wow. I think in a roundabout way, we finally got there that we did in fact confirm that the light in the sky that we saw in all the teaser posters. And then of course that we saw in mm-hmm. the first season was in fact an Aurora, which means I wasn't totally wrong. No, I and I, I would be, I would, if, if I talked to a writer from the show and I was like, hey, 
did you guys pull the Aurora thing from just like, like kind of piecemeal some hollow earth theory stuff? If they were like, no, we've never heard of that. I would be like, you're lying to me then. Like that is so specific. Yeah. And it was that, so that recently in pop culture hard too, to because it was in, um, they do bring that aspect of it up. And I want to say it was, it might've been Kong. Yeah. Where they yeah, talk about hollow Kong. earth and it was Kong where they're really talking, getting into like the granularities of what hollow oh, yeah. earth theory is. Yeah. And then Kong. by, and then by Godzilla versus Kong, yeah. they're fully fucking traveling through. Right. Hollow but earth. I think they talk about the auroras in Kong specifically. Cause that was the first time I really started reading up on hollow earth. And so, yeah, so, but they, this <clears throat> theoretically, they're going to stop <clears throat> all of the sinkholes, but whoever goes and jumps into this last sinkhole in the Hollywood Hills will be stuck One way in 10,000 BC. One Which way is ticket. Like, fine for Gavin and his family, a problem for Dr. Dad and Riley, because obviously there's, mo- you know, she has a mother and a brother who yeah. are still think that they're both dead and are back in 2022. This and then, miffed of course- me. This miffed mm-hmm. me. Cause like, I get, like, they're having the family confab. Yeah. And they're like, look, if we go back to 10,000 BC with her, we're stuck there forever. And like, the only kind of the only choice is we have to stay in 1988. Like, it's kind of crazy, but we we can't be, we fucking can't be stuck in 10,000 BC. So it's a pretty swift choice. Yeah. But then, like, Dr. Dad and Riley, he's like, well, we've got to go back. And she's like, we have no future if oh we God. go back. And it's like, and I, they have a conflict that makes total sense. But then, like, the thing that, that really fucking annoyed me is she was like, because she's, like, coping. She's trying to find a way for this to be okay for her, pr- probably in part because she's like, I, 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 like, she's thinking if I go back, I will literally never get anywhere again. So I would rather be stranded here. And the way that I can sleep at night is by saying, at least we have a future here. If we go back, we're never going to find mom and brother again. But when she's like, we have the Harrises, like we have our friends. And he goes, that's not enough. And I was like, go fuck yourself to hell. Like, listen, not everybody Friendship is not organized in everybody's life the way that it is organized in mine. But the swift dismissal of not enough was like, you are a man with no friends. You are a dad who when mom goes out of town, it's frozen pizzas for the kids. Because outside of like this extremely intense survival situation, I don't actually think you have a fucking social life. Like, I think you sit around in the shop and you wonder, where's your mom at? You ask your, your kids that. They call you on the phone and you say, hey, yeah, how's it going? Okay, I'll put your mom on. That's what I think you fucking do. So I don't think you have any friends. So I hear your assessment of like the hierarchy of importance of where friends should sit in a person's life. Like, yes, no, your family is important. I completely ex- respect your choice to be like, I can't give up on them. I can't get up on them. And as he says, like, I'm unable to give up on trying to, to get back to them. Legit. But don't fucking dismiss other kinds of relationship in your life you loser asshole that bothered me but like i get it it's very normative and very typical and i hated it okay see my counterpoint is i also would not want to be stuck in 1988 with the mess that is the harrises like like, if he was like if he was like listen i can't stay here with these people i would have accepted that that's the thing is that like yeah, I would have been in 1988 <laughs> with Gavin and Eve, and at the time still Levi. And the love triangle. Yeah, yeah so I don't want to be triangle. like, and I don't want to be part of that where I inevitably get sucked into that mess and be like, oh, I don't want to be the confidant of either of any of the people <laughs> yeah. involved. Also, like, quite frankly, I don't want to end up with Josh as my son-in-law, which is no. very much what's happening. 
like I'd, I, if I were Dr. Dad, I would not want anything to do with any of those people because, they were like, <laughs> because this is this <clears throat> 1988. That's fine. I don't want to be in their mess. Yeah. that being said the thing that i didn't understand when he was like we can find a way and it's like dude you don't know how to make time travel happen no. what, what are you going to do that is more effective in 10,000 bc than by staying in 1988 yeah at least in 1988 there, there is, is science time. i mean there's also keep in mind and this is like without getting into the timeline aspects of it so in 1988 they're going to gavin or the, you know gavin's mom is going to reset it so that there's no sinkholes that happens which means that there is no sinkhole in 2022 so there is a mm-hmm. version of dr dad who lives out his life happily with his family and his son and his wife right because if, if we're talking about because the, if there's a 2076 timeline yeah there's a 2020 there's there are string universes right there's we're dealing with multiple timelines at this point and so there's a timeline where because remember this is a timeline where the Hollywood sign caves in and that didn't happen in timeline A. So we're in a timeline B, but in timeline B, as far as we know, he ends up with his wife and with kids. Mm -hmm. So there is a version of him who has that. So it's kind of just like, dude, take, sorry. (laughs) Kid agrees that after a certain point, you just kind of have to, you know, play for the tie. Yeah. And I think this is a situation where he's just got to play for the tie and be like, you know what? This is going to be tough. But what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to set up with my new Apple stock, a kick-ass anonymous fund that's going to go to this child. You absolutely are. That's what you're going like, to do. That Do that. And he does. With, he, that guy does know who won the fucking World Series. That yeah. guy does know about Apple. He like, can bet on everything. That everything. man absolutely knows the sports almanac. Yeah. Yeah, just live it out. And, you know, like, yes, I get it. It's very sad. It's unfortunate that you are no longer Run with your for wife. Congress and try and stop fucking wars. You know, know how this stop, goes. You can what, stop 9-11 again. He can stop 9-11. This is the one man in the world who apparently yeah. has the military know-how as well. Yeah. So he could, like, theoretically join the military, get into intelligence, let them know. Like, there's... There is an, this man can single-handedly change the world, but no, he wants to go back to 10,000 BC because Mm -hmm. he is sure he is going to figure out a way that doesn't collapse space and time to get back to 2022 to his weird son who seemed to be in a cult and his mom, his wife, who we've never seen, but we do find out he was briefly estranged from. (laughs) I I don't know. Perfectly La Brea moment, perfectly Mm -hmm. La Brea moment between Dr. Dad and Eve when he like he's aware of the like the tumult in the marriage and he's like yes. you know me and my wife went through through some hard times and it's kind of like dr dad i can promise you it you it does not relate at all to what eve is going through but she's of course because it's labrea she's like how'd you get through it it's like eve his <laughs> advice will mean nothing to you he probably got through it with like some counseling and you know <laughs> yeah. made, like with this guy probably some church and yeah, uh, yeah for I don't know, do you have sure. those resources at hand eve yeah, like you're running around in a shirling jacket that you have been wearing for three to seven days. Yeah. Like, what What do you think is going to be applicable here? I I just have to shout out the beginning of episode six when they they it's like we're because, again, this shows like end to end with every episode they have in episode five. They have escaped the mine. They have stolen the suits from the guards and they're now posing as the guards to get into the yes. tower with the uranium rocks. And like we open on them and they're and they, they they honest to God look like party city versions of a still suit in Dune. Like they are straight out of cosplay from a ruckus, this family. 
and I get to in uh, Gavin, at least I think Gavin actually does a good job as, as good as anybody could selling. Cause like he gets to the threshold of the, the tower and the guy's like, I don't recognize you. He's like, yeah, I don't recognize you either. Great um, line. I was Love like that line. This is actually like, he's not doing, cause every time everybody does something duplicitous in this show, their eyes are really shifty and they're looking around and it's like, you're, you're, com- you're exposing yourself completely. Gavin actually honored the plan. Yeah. By selling the fiction until again, because it's La Brea, they're caught and their plan fails. Yeah. But I did, I, I did love that Gavin has consistently proven that he's the most suited to be in any of these situations of any of these people. And I really totally. enjoy that. And again, it makes it a lot easier to root for him. It does. But yeah. When he, when he threw that line back at the guy from, which I loved that the guard, the little guard station is a futuristic guard station with like whoosh doors. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also constructed into like a very clear fake boulder. It is so it is so it looks silly. Like one of the rocks at Disneyland. I was gonna say it looks straight up Disney Imagineers. It is so fucking funny that yeah. they're just like, well, you know, I like I don't know if they're doing that because it's supposed to look incognito, or if they're just like, well, we're just gonna, you know, make it match the natural environment. But it's like, okay, but you've got a 20 foot, a 20 story tower. Yep. Gold, so, like a glass and steel gleaming skyscraper. Yeah. Like, guys, you the we know. Alone. We know. We know. There's, you you don't need to have a subtle uh, a disguise rock like this is fine. It it's like you a don't hide, need the hide oh key. Oh my god, it's a hide key. No, we <laughs> we don't need the hide key. Yeah. Uh, just just hang the key the outside the outside the door so they can use it to open it up. Like oh my god, the jig is up. Every all of those cats. Out of the bag. Not a single cat left in the bag. Oh, that bag. There wasn't even... The bag was a clear bag. With yeah, mesh. it was It, it was, was a mesh plastic. bag. Yeah. You could yeah. see all of the cats in it. And then the cats got through. Yeah. And you watched them run away. And then you were like, well, no one will ever know about my cats now. It's like, yeah, because they're out of the bag. <laughs> yeah, because they're out of the bag. They didn't... You didn't hide them. Yeah. You didn't magic them away. They're now wild in front of all of us. Like... No, we now just all have cats in our hands. <laughs> that is how fucking obvious this is. Yeah. Hey, do you I want just, your cats back? <laughs> like, I love is, that, though. I, lo- I, I love perfect. these moments in the show when it's like, none of this makes sense, but I'm glad you're doing it anyway. Oh, yeah. I mean, and again, you know, going back to the fact that Riley implanted a new memory in her father. <laughs> yeah. That that's a thing we can do now with this show. Like, yeah. I just love this show. I love this show. I was like, well, what's the most ridiculous bananas thing we could possibly do? What if we have a giant bird who's territorial? Yeah, giant bird. I want to be in the writer's room. I want to know what that entire breakout of like, okay, we're going to have them break in, but how we have to give them one more obstacle before Mm -hmm. they can get to the tunnels with with Silas. We need Natalie Z to run from a fake prehistoric bird. Giant bird. And claim that it's territorial, which that's not how territorial birds work. (laughs) If they were actually, so we see like, a little lamb, and it's, then, it's like a fawn. Yeah, or yeah, it's a fawn in the in the gully, and then this giant murder bird just sweeps <laughs> yeah. down. It's like Avatar, man. It's huge, and it comes. <laughs> it's it, it comes down and it grabs the fawn and takes it off to its nest, which is right there, right there. And Silas is like, it's his territory. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is the perfect time. It has food. That's what it uses its territory for. Now yeah. is the time to go through. But instead, it is God distracted. 
It, yeah. You don't have to make a distraction, Eve. No. It's but eating. Eve does it anyway, which is that Eve goes up on a hillside and yells, hey, I'm in your territory, and then yeah, runs. And, and, and like, has to do it, has to yell it many times, obviously. Right. the bird the is bird quite just wants to eat a snack. Let the bird eat. And then, so they run up to the, like, Eve finally gets the attention of the bird. They run up to the grate that's, like, a, gets into a tunnel underground and the bird, we fortunately, we do get the bird close enough to Eve to almost pull her backpack off, but not quite. Um, Silas shoots an arrow at it. They make they make their their entrance into the tunnel. Yeah, it is just and and we get it. We get a CGI big caterpillar in in oh yeah the, uh, in the big zoo inside yeah, in the, the like, tower holding pen they have. In yeah, there. in the animal preserve in the tower. Yeah. Um, God, I just I I'm thinking again about. I know you're all wondering where all the most capable people in the site are. I'm so glad that that they called that out specifically. And I'm sure you're all wondering, my name's Judah. (laughs) (laughs) That actor has the best assignment in this whole show. Oh, yeah. I I appreciate, again, you know, we lost a lot of tertiary characters in the season one to season two jump. And I am so glad that we not only saved curly haired guy who I will never call by any other name. No. I'm so glad we not only saved him, but that they've been like, you know what? We're going to lean into his thing. Yeah. And his thing is just never reading the room. We are renewing his contract. You can't, you can't let talent like that walk. <laughs> no. I, I just, and like when, weirdly, when Lucas is like, it like peak illness, practically Scott shows up. Oh, and yeah. he's like, I've got a treat for you. And he pulls it out. It? And it's a candy bar. It's Baby Ruth. It's another Luke- Baby Ruth. What is the show's obsession with Baby Ruths? Yeah, it's like, is this Spawn somehow? And, and and Lucas is like, oh, my God, give me that candy. And Scott's like, no, you only get it if you're a good patient on good behavior. You need to be nice to people. It's like, there is a high percentage chance, Scott, this man is going to fucking die. This is so fucking weird what you're doing right now. Right. But what Scott is was, Scott was shipping him and Veronica because, you know, why wouldn't you when you've got nothing else to do in 10,000 BC except to like <laughs> be on board with your guy who threatened to kill you and the weird quiet <laughs> girl who it turns out was participating in child trafficking. Like, why wouldn't you root for the two of them to get together? Yeah, I, I, I yeah. I do love when Veronica is like, she, you're the only person here that understands me. It's like, I mean, yeah, you guys are kind of the only two people on this footing. So that I do get. Like, well, yes, except that you are the two people true, that could probably Ella be honest. Is still there. True. Ella's still there. Poor Ella, who all Ella wants is to be oh, acknowledged God. by Veronica. And all Veronica wants to do is get as far away from her as possible. It's, it's actually very, extremely sad. It's really, de- it's like, I feel bad for Ella because she has gone back in time thinking that she's going to be saving Veronica. And Veronica's just like, get away from me, lady. Like, yeah. And Ella's like, no, don't worry. No matter what happens, we'll get through it together. We always did. And it's like, this is heartbreaking. This is okay. You know how someone's like, everyone's, you know how there's that tweet that goes around sometimes like everyone gets mad at parents for abandoning their kids. But what if the kid just had bad vibes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what if maybe Veronica regretted abducting ella from the very beginning yeah because she was what like if she's this like, kid sucks and now she never wanted you here yeah and now there's she doesn't want to even have her in her life in this capacity like this is it's bleak i feel very bad for ella because yeah. there's no other reason she went back in time and as far as we can tell not a whole lot of other plot you know who she would have been great with and i'm 
sort of bummed that we didn't get that and said we've got she would have been great with Ty. She would have. Ella and Ty, which would have been a weird dynamic. Well, because she's the one who that. had the connection with Ty. Yes. She had a connection with Ty. And so, and now that she's an adult and like, yeah, there's weird dynamics of it. But to be fair, he only knew her for like, at that point, one week yeah. as a child. So I think you can pretty quickly move past that. I mean, Eve can, you know, still see Gavin sexually and she's spent time with him as a child too, apparently. Yeah. So, like, we're not going to deal like with held those. his hand and walked around with him. Yeah. Like she's, you know, ridden in a Jeep with him for the first. She gave him his first Jeep ride. <laughs> God, this show is so fucking bananas. I love um, when Eve tells Gavin because like they get to the house, they get to the house where his mom's like they've rescued grandma. They get to the house where she's going to finish working on her computer virus. Yeah. And he like he doesn't know what to do, like who to go with. And Eve's like, it's not every day you get to meet your mom for the first time. Go, <laughs> go hang out with your mom. Great, great stuff great just love this show love everything about this show i i will say so on things that you know on things that we weren't expecting to maybe ever see again the handprint came back oh yeah you're right yeah, yeah. i thought that was gone gone yeah i thought that was gone gone too and then it came back and i you could not have i could never if you gave me a thousand guesses been like ah the handprint that is very clearly on like a bunch of stuff from like tribal tribal clothing yeah and it's it, it, there's like a hand insignia on they're using they're arranging hand rocks to make the handprint sign like yeah it's because the portals use a biometric scan and it requires one of two people to scan their hands and of course those two people because why wouldn't it be these two people are gavin's dad yeah and the then three-year-old gavin who i guess now will use his adult hand to scan well, and it like this hand was like so significant in the first such, half of season one. It was one. such like, a big thing. The cult, like the cultist who kidnapped Veronica and Ella and made them presumably sexual slaves. Um, he they like he gets taken, killed, and then like laid out at an altar in the shape of the hand, like a stone arrangement. And it's like yeah fuck, guys, this hand is going to be a big deal. And then, whoo, just vanished. Yeah, and I thought we were never going to see it again. So when it came back in this way, I was genuinely like, I don't know that I would say pleased because I don't think it makes any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. But I was like, oh, that was interesting. Didn't think we'd be seeing that one ever again. They um, had that on the dry erase why, board. Don't had know that why on the dry erase board. put that into his furs, but okay. <laughs> his furs. Yeah. And this is, you You told me before we logged on, this is the mid-season finale. Yes, this is the mid-season finale. So where we leave everybody is um, right, Gavin, important. basically everyone, Gavin's family, um, and then Dr. Dad and Riley and Gavin's mom have all jumped into the Hollywood sinkhole. And Levi has decided he's just going to hang gonna, in 88. He's going to kick it in the 80s. Because, you know, he understands that there's a chance that he can find love again, or maybe it's not appropriate for him to travel back in time and be in a thruple, despite what I was hoping for. Yeah. Which was 10,000 BCE thruple. Levi leaves. And I did not expect it. And I was not, I was, I was bummed to see him go because I really like him as a character. I do too. I do too. Yeah. I was, I was like, but I was glad that they like made the choice to take somebody out of the lineup because it's like, okay, we have a lot of people at this point. Yeah. Gavin's realized he needs to be the biometric scan to get 
into the system so his mom can upload the virus so he has no choice but to go back so even the fam are like we're all going to be together we got to jump together riley comes around and she's like obviously we need to try our best to get back to mom and brother so great they're going to jump through the hole too so everybody who came through is going back with the exception of levi and levi is going to go get a beer in santa monica and gavin gives him gavin gives him the kind of gracious bro hug that you can give only when you're the winner yeah he gives him a man who has seen your wife naked but never will again never will again he can give that good game handshake because he just fucking beat you yeah and they have a it's like a nice parting but levi definitely looking like he's gonna cry as he walks away rightfully so understandably he's now yep. on his own in 1988 he's gonna be very rich by 1995 you bet but... he is you bet he is when he's gonna like bet on fucking amazon yeah and um this is he's gonna buy himself a social security number and uh the last thing we see really before they enter the sinkhole is gavin has a memory because he has memories when he's when he's present day when he when he's modern day he has memories of the time in the pit And he has a memory of himself under like a tree of falling red flowers holding the not conscious body of Eve. And he's shouting like, Eve, wake up. Eve, come back to me. And Eve's like, you just have that look on your face like you do when you get the memories. And he's like, nope, I'm fine as long as I have all of you. So he potentially knowingly is inviting Eve to um, her demise. Yeah. Her perhaps uncertain but possible demise. Uh, And he's like, no, fuck it. Let's just jump through this hole. And then at some point uh, in the next batch of season two, they're definitely going to have a moment where he has to be like, so by the way, that thing where you saw me twitch before we jumped into the hole, I think you might die. And I'm probably going to have to try and stop. I will tell you exactly how it's going to happen. And it's going to happen when they're all walking toward the camp, toward the clearing. And Gavin is going to put his hand on Eve's arms. Right. Like, I need to tell you something. And what is it? I had a vision like I can see because there's certain like dialogue templates. It happened in episode six when grandma is talking to uh, Josh and Riley and they're like, what do you, so what's your plan to stop the tsunami? Cause remember there's supposed to be a tsunami that's going to hit Santa Monica. And she's like, I'll show you. And then she takes them down, like tells them what she's going to do. And then just, but they happen to be in a basement full of computers and there's no need to have (laughs) taken them to this other location to show them all the computers. They can't do anything in there. You could have absolutely said, I'm going to start a, I'm going to create a computer virus. I've got a whole computer system downstairs. I've cobbled it together. Like she could have given that information, but there's always the long pause. I'll show you. I every just certain certain little hallmarks of a La Brea experience that you can't get anywhere else. I noodle around with writing scripts and stuff for fun. And I swear nothing that ever leaves my hands will ever involve someone being like, it's time for a confrontation. I'm going to have a confrontation with a person. Let me start with an extended metaphor. <laughs> Before I tell you any fucking thing you need to know or that's useful here. I'm going to be like, it's going to be, no, I'm going to start with the A block on the Rachel Maddow show. I'm going to give you a 40,000 year history of taxes. And that's going to lead into like, and that's why I lied to you that one time. Like, yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching Midnight Mass uh, recently for the first time and was like, God, if someone was like, I need to tell you something, and then they spent 10 minutes monologuing at me with, like, the history of the cosmos, I'd be like, can you just, like, I'm getting more worried. Can, like, you just get to the fucking, we're in a real grave situation here. You just need to say something. I will never be like, 
nothing I will ever will be like, let me distract you from the information I need to deliver with a very dramatic intro because I fucking hate that. I hate it. It is such a waste of time. Cannot stand it. See, I don't mind that. Like, I don't mind it necessarily as a dialogue convention. I do mind it when it is in a situation where you're like, there are so many other things you could be doing right now other than doing that. So as a concept, I don't always hate it, but it is really annoying when it's like you, you need to be delivering information much more quickly. And instead you are choosing to tell the story of as happens on every show yeah. about, about rich, terrible people, the scorpion yep. and the frog. I, I have seen the scorpion. It's been in, at, I was watching, like I watched three things in a row and it just kept showing up and it was in succession <laughs> yeah. and it was in something else. And there there was the third thing. And I was like, I want to live in a world where I don't know the scorpion and the frog parable. Yeah. I want to be that person who is on the screen right now who has never heard the parable before because I've heard it so many times in my life from narrative television. I, when my dad went to rehab for the pill use, mm-hmm. it was summertime. And so I was home. I was, it was college, summertime, home during the week. And my parents both work full time. So when I came upstairs, like morning, ooh, nine, 10, when I came upstairs the first time and I walk up and I see my parents are both still there, not at work. And my dad is like going into the bedroom on the phone. And just like, there's just that when your parent, when there's something going on with your parents and you're like, something is wrong here. Yeah. So I walk up and the vibe is bad. And I get there, I was like, oh, hey, what are you doing at home? I'm just like in my robe. And my mom, there's not like a good way to talk about it, but I just, I hated so much. And I still do when I think about it, I'm like, God, that was awful. She just like, she looked at me like I got, I was at the top of the stairs and it was when I was like, what's going on? She was like, come here, I need you to come sit down for a second. And I was like, what, 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 what? Like I was on, I was so and like, yeah, she was about to give me bad news. It's not like it needed to be pretending like she, but just like, she need to come in, come sit down for a second. It was like, can you just look me in the eye right now at the top of these stairs and be like, okay, there's no easy way to tell you this. Your dad's on the phone with the rehab center right now. And like that he's been using drugs, like, but just like, come, come sit down for a second. And like sits me down on the coffee table, kneels down in front of me and like, puts like her hands, folds her hands together in front of her and is like looking down for a second before making eye contact with me. And I'm just sitting there eyes wide. Like, yeah. And I look, I was like, what is it? Like, it was the most dramatic fucking lead up to, yes, big news. It was not exactly underwhelming to hear your dad's an addict. Yeah. Um, And he's going to rehab and also all the money's gone. Uh, that, yes, big news, lots of gravity there. But that fucking overture was so much what i just give it to me straight give me the imperfucking man and if you were on la brea your mom would have said there's something i need to show you and then she would have driven you to the rehab center yeah you would have like that would have been on la brea would have been they she would have taken you all the way to the rehab center just to tell you could have been dad's gonna be going here yeah that's (laughs) how this show goes we would have had we would have gone on a quest Mm -hmm. i would have been like get dressed we need to go i need to show you something and i would have been just fucking fretting the entire time on some silent car ride while I was not being given the information that I needed to hear. Like, I've always been a very straightforward person, like when it comes to conflict or what have you. But that I think that moment cemented for me for the rest of my life. Yeah. That I do not need nor want a preamble to significant information. Like, say something that assures me you care about me and then just be like, hey, 
here's what's going on in a matter of fact tone of voice that's not like that doesn't sound like everyone's gonna die but also doesn't sound like it's no big deal just be like listen these are the facts we're gonna deal with them because we have to and we're gonna do it together you know like don't don't I need you to come sit down for a second. Yeah. No, because the between the the fucking fifteen feet that it's going to take me to get there is going to be excruciating. Stop yeah. fucking doing that. No, that's that's too much time to stop and think about a lot of other things. It's too much time. <laughs> for bad news. It's not yeah. like it was a fake out. It was bad news. Yeah. It was still like Christ. <laughs> you you had to like make it a hallmark moment. <laughs> this. Well, Jordan, do you think that this brings us? to the conclusion if yeah. I, I find like generally speaking once we've gotten off into the tangents yeah. of per- yeah so totally. i think with that in mind we leave almost everybody back in 10,000 bc yeah uh levi, we wish is, levi the best in we, 1988 good He's luck very get- handsome and he'll be able to game the entire stock market i think it's going to turn out great it's i hope that levi ends up somehow future levi ends up as a big bad somehow we get to see him in old man makeup like want yeah. that for us <laughs> Um, and we go into the back end of season two in Jan. We'll return in January. I think it's January 31st is when okay. they return. And, uh, we'll find out how they stop the time traveling or yeah. if they do stop the time traveling and maybe and then we'll what finally loophole get- they find to start the time traveling again. And maybe we'll finally get Zira Gorecki on a, a riding on a mammoth. Maybe. Maybe this and is I it. hope if they, if they get involved in the tower, yeah. Like where they like because the tower's not gonna fucking explode. Like this is a part of the world now. I hope someone's like, hey, we noticed your daughter has a prosthesis. Like we have very advanced technology here. I hope they like give her something superhuman that so it's like, don't worry, this'll never break and she'll never have to do any maintenance on it. Yeah. So she's like totally set to endure the wilds of 10,000 BC. I would love that for her. Yeah, just, give, just as like one fewer. Izzy yeah, something. Give her a fucking upgrade, like something bionic, yeah. so she can have cool future tech shit to like keep her safe here. Yeah, so that we don't have to keep worrying about like, you know, the first time that she fell, it, it obviously damaged her prosthesis. Like, we yeah. don't have to worry about this on the second time. We're gonna totally. Be fine. Yeah, like yeah. we can cast that in in fucking unobtainium. Like yeah. we can cast that. Of the most durable metal known to man. And then she'll have an infinite running blade. Like, cool. Awesome. Super. Want that for her. And then I That's want her to. my future hope. I, I love that idea for her. I'm also. That I and hope the that, return of Ioni Sky. I was about to say. I hope that we find out that Ioni Sky is back. I don't think we will. But I hope that we do. <laughs> and again, as a villain. I would love that. Yeah. No, we definitely need villain turn for Ioni Sky. Mm-hmm. As Gavin's as Gavin's questionable sister. <laughs> yes. But. They had no questions about her, mind you. Mom and dad. <laughs> No questions. It was, yeah, they didn't, they didn't, they weren't concerned about, you know, well, we left, we left our sister back in 10,000 BC. Doesn't matter. Yeah. No, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, But for next week, Jordan, we have something I'm very excited about because I've watched yeah. and I don't think you have yet, which is Skyfire. Yes, I am looking. I, I am not yet. Ugh. So it is still an anticipated watch for me. Oh, I'm so excited for you to watch Skyfire. So we've got Skyfire, which uh, as the reminder is, the um chinese blockbuster their first their first like big um disaster movie blockbuster versus uh wandering earth wandering earth which was their like sci-fi blockbuster mm-hmm. um and that is available for rent on all streaming services and it's really good awesome psyched about it 
I mean, like, yeah, I'm, I'm amped for you to see it. Um, so we'll have that next week. And then in the meantime, Jordan, where can we find you? As long as it lasts, you can find me on Twitter at Jorcru, J-O-R-C-R-U. Uh, the Ozpod is ongoing currently, though we've been on a bit of a of a hiatus with, you know, scheduling and work things coming up. But uh, we're still there. We're still kicking. And uh, the Feeling Scene Pod, check it out. We have... We have had the the man himself on the Disaster Diva Supreme recently. Paul mm-hmm. Feig was our one year episode um, because we love a Paul Feig anniversary episode of the pod of podcast. True, can't he is nobody done, does he, it better. He's done anniversary episodes or like major milestone episodes for now two of your podcasts. Yep, it's true. It's true, and he is he 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 was the he. He participated in the Milestone podcast that was uh, the simple favor, the definitive mm-hmm. companion, the simple podcast, the definitive companion reader to the movie A Simple Favor. Uh, but yeah, so those are things you should check out. Amazing. And I'm Amanda Smith says on Twitter, as long as it exists. Um, I will not. I have a mask on. I don't understand it. I'm not going to use it. I, I cannot put more effort into social media. Um and still maintain my dignity. No, so absolutely not. I'm yeah. No, if if Twitter dies, it, just let it go. Um, but again, we're disaster underscore pod on Twitter. We're disaster girls pod on Instagram. We're disaster girls pod at gmail.com. Um, and then we are also again on Reddit, r slash disaster girls. And we will have I will be posting on all of those once our site is our um like our merch site is up and running and Mm -hmm. you'll be able to get some really cool stuff. Uh, So we'll have that going soon, hopefully right around right after Thanksgiving. But in the meantime, we'll see y'all back next week for Skyfire. Skyfire. Bye.